everybody, and welcome to episode 99. 99. Oh, Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host. That's Paul Robinson. How are you? I'm talking to the general audience. I hope everyone's okay. How are you, audience? All right, that's good. You know, I almost got my full sentence out. Almost. Before you stepped the fuck all over it. Yeah. We're making some baby steps. <laughs> I don't know how you make those, but. I'm making baby steps. Um, yeah. So. 99. Next yeah. week is a 100. Math. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so we have, um, we have lots of, lots of reviews. It's a doozy. Yeah. Um, so if you don't like our review episodes, see you later. <laughs> see um, you on the hundredth. So, uh, yeah, we have, um, we have a bunch of stuff that, that we've watched. So, um, just to, uh, to get into uh, just kind of news that we've been already sort of discussing and, um, you know. Can I, before we do that, can I just say that if you want to reach out to us, I'll say this at the beginning of the episode because at the end, maybe people tend to die off. So (laughs) not die off, but, you know, stop listening. Die off is an industry term. But, uh, you know, reach out to us on 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 the Instagrams. We love talking to you. We've been talking to some people and it's been fun. So keep doing it. It's uh at go gorilla film on mm-hmm. all the socials and go gorilla film at gmail.com. Thank you. Okay. Continue. Okay. So, um, uh, continuing in news, um, apparently the, uh, cans and Sundance have decided to stream their event, which somebody who looked a lot like you mm-hmm. had said would never happen. And someone who looked a lot like me was like, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's something they'd be into because they resisted it. But I don't know. It, they they gonna, might have to. Are they going to stream all their movies? On YouTube, hmm. of all places. That's interesting because I feel like I don't know how they would police that. Um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, well, I was wrong. Is, so I'll, I'll uh, you know, everybody happy is, to eat my uh, own crow, as it were. But No one is immune to what this virus is doing like no i know but i was just my my thought process for them not that i'm defending them but this is where i thought they were at was like they have a lot of films that go there that can get distribution deals and if you can just go on youtube and watch it i'm sure you have to pay the whatever you know the fee that you would normally pay to go to it but once it's on youtube people can well well the event gets their money either way they don't give a shit if you get a fucking no, but Dis- a lot of filmmakers could be like, look, yeah, my distribution seal deal is going to be not not happy with my film being on YouTube prior to the, the release. The, the distribution, yeah, but a lot of people go there to get that deal. They haven't even gotten that yet. So Right, and now with this could hinder that. Uh, welcome to the rest of the world where shit affects you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Money, I'm just giving you my rationale for why money, I thought they wouldn't do money it. Money doesn't necessarily always make you exempt from having to deal with things. Yeah. Uh, or connections or what have you, you know. Well, and for cans, yeah, they want to make their money, and they're going to make their money but either way. I'm thinking of the the filmmakers who, you know, um, yeah. But every filmmaker this year that made something is being affected by that. Uh-huh. So sucks for you. I mean, you know, I, like we made a film, and it's probably not going to play any fucking where this year because, and we spent over five hundred dollars in submission fees, which will probably do nothing. Yeah. Uh, that sucks, uh, but that's life. Unfortunately, you know, I can't. I can't, uh, you know, I can't say, like, oh, well, because these people are, they, they have connections or they had a famous producer or whatever that they're not going to be affected. Look, everybody, none of the films that, that had to VOD their films intended that. They would have made way more money if they were able to put it in theaters and the theaters would have made money and everybody would have made money like they usually do, but they didn't, mm-hmm. you know? So some people went like, hey, we're going to hold off because they know I'll make more money by holding off perhaps, or whatever their reasoning was. And then there were people that were like, just stream it. Yeah. And if if they take a lot, except for the trolls people, they seem to do really well. But, you know, uh, if if they, they take a hit, they take a hit. I mean, especially with films, like, that's like, that's such a drop in the bucket. When you think of how many films are made and how many films flop and don't even forget about making up costs, they just lose money. And what do they do? They just bounce the hell back and they make another film like that's mm. just their life so i don't feel the least bit sorry for anybody who got their freaking movie into sundance boo-hoo you didn't get it you know screened at sundance i mean th- that's the life of a filmmaker yeah. honestly 
I thought that they were being kind of like ridiculous, like we refuse to stream it. Like, well, then you're just not going to have an event, homie. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you know, if, if if we can't have a bunch of people crowded into a room, then you're done. And so they probably figured they're going to I mean, they made their money off their submissions already. And then yep. if they're charging that I didn't look into, I don't know like what the cost would be to be able to view these films or I don't know how. I mean, I guess it's is there like a password protection on YouTube? Yeah. Well, you can rent stuff just like you, uh, you know, okay, can, yeah. so, you know, I mean, I guess they're doing it that way, maybe probably, like in yeah. a block of something and you yeah. pay, I don't know, a hundred dollars, probably just something ridiculous mm-hmm. to watch, you know, 50 movies. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure of what they're doing with that, but. I just found I, you, there were just some articles of people like, oh, the Eunice, what a sad thing for like, you know what? We were one of those people and we didn't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. You move on. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be like sympathetic towards either side. I'm no, just stating the were, fact but... that like I'm interested to see if any f- of the filmmakers who had a great possibility of their film, you know, quote unquote, getting picked up or whatever at the festival, because that's basically what it is, right? You make a, a feature, you get it shown there, and hopefully some... But, like, how many but, people that, that... But but I'm just curious as to see if that would... If, it may not. It may just may not affect anything, but I'm, I'm curious to see if that would affect anything. Like, if a filmmaker is like, oh, I'm going to, you know, we're, we're going to get distribution, so I, I'm going to pull out of this because yeah, I'm a distributor. but you have to think of what screens at these events. These aren't... Like, this isn't where... Um, <sighs> They're they're very like I mean, you they're have very mainstream spe- movies playing there. Yeah, you do, but it that's not that's not like what people think of when they think of that event. You know what I mean? And the, the those movies that are mainstream, they come with a lot of connections behind it. So that that's like that's like irrelevant to them. You know, they they'll be fine. Um, the smaller people that that get in there, and first of all, nobody gets in there that doesn't know somebody like that. You know, somebody oh, yeah. from some you know town in Michigan that has a population of forty. They don't make a film on their phone for $300 or something and then make it into Sundance. You know, yeah. that's these are they're, they're very elitist. It's Cannes it's and Sundance are, you know, and Tribeca, I consider like the very elitist film fests. So it's a bunch of already rich, connected people just yeah. rubbing elbows. I mean, aren't they? Uh, which was the one? There's the other one, too. Is it Telluride or yeah, Telluride? Um, which was the one that like women had to wear heels Oh, I don't know. That's crazy. I don't remember which one it was. That it was like mandatory. You weren't allowed to attend unless, like, as a woman, you couldn't wear flat shoes. And I was yeah. like, "Oh, fuck yourself." The misogynist um, film festival. So it was one of those. It was one of those bigger ones. And so I don't, um, you know, I, I think of like the average person that watches films that that goes on Netflix and and Hulu and Apple Plus and whatever. Are they really tuning into the Sundance and Cannes Film Festival? No. Yeah. They don't care what the hell plays at those events. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that means nothing to them. So this is just a bunch of this was like a platform for a bunch of rich snotty people to watch their films with other rich snotty people, yeah. famous people. That that's pretty much it. And someone's like bitter, but I mean <laughs> this is the business. Like that that's the business. That's yeah. just how it is. We experience that on an underground level. In independent film, there's an elitist attitude i can't even imagine when you get to a level where you're spending 30 million dollars on a film like that's i don't even want to know yeah like how much snooty attitude you're getting at that caliber forget it snooty snotty so snooty 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 so um yeah so snotty we're gonna i'm gonna I'm just going to end that jumping right into another topic that we've sort of been following over the weeks where, you know, will movie theaters will they or won't they? Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden, um, you know, it's the, it's the return of the drive-in. And this reminds me of like, this is like this relationship, right? Where, um, you know, you're the person that did the, you like, see you, you're like really good to this person, whatever. And they're like, pshaw, I found something better. And they jump to the to the movie theater relationship, and then you're like, "Oh, so sad, left behind as the the, the antiquated old drive-in. Nobody wants to mm-hmm. drive in anymore." And now all of a sudden, the movie theater is not available, and everybody's like, "Drive-ins, let's bring them back." Guess what's going to happen when the movie theaters open? Yep. So we're going to forget about you again. It's it's like it's just like it's a just toxic a relationship that you just. You know, I mean, my CDs are in its truck. My CDs are in its truck. So now it's going to be. Like that they they're gonna start hosting concerts and stuff like that. Yeah, drive-ins. Yeah, you just like rock out in your car. in your Buick. I don't know, <laughs> like what 
how this is going to work, but I guess that's the thing. Now there's going to be like, they're going <laughs> to. Every place is going to be like that movie Cars. Yeah. Like, just, just like cars parked. Yeah, it's just all cars parked. Thing. And uh, I guess that's, that's the idea. But also on that, um, Alamo was of, of all, of all places, um, or companies rather, I thought this would be more, I thought this would be like AMC or something, but apparently Alamo's trying to figure out how they can get everybody back into the theaters. And so there's the whole social dis- distancing thing. So they're going to limit the amount of tickets that they sell, uh-huh. I guess half the amount or whatever. And then people will have to sit separated from each other, X amount of what have you. Um, again, if I'm in a small room of 40 people, let's say, and three of them sneeze out, I'm still going to have to have a mask or something on my face. So mm-hmm. I don't trust that. <laughs> but um, having said that, they are, they, they were, I guess, flirting with the idea of uh, having a no cough, no sneeze policy, (laughs) because we all know how righteously fun it is to sit in a movie theater and then just belt out a couple of coughs and sneezes. I personally time those bastards as often as I can. Uh, When it's the most quiet in the film. It's the best time to do it. So... I don't know whose genius idea that was. Going to kick you out, but they should be fired. Like mm-hmm. that's the that's the best that you can come up with. Is that, so you're gonna are you gonna like have like a no farting rule? Yeah, I mean they should. I mean, you know, we all know we can push those puppies out. Sure, but uh, you know, sometimes they have a mind of their own, mm-hmm. and it's just not something. It's natural. It's not something that it, it, it's just the dumbest solution or an attempt at a solution you know? yeah. oh well, you yeah, still you know they were just talking like you shouldn't even be talking about that that's the dumbest thing to say <laughs> it shouldn't be part of the equation i'm sorry but yeah so i don't know uh i don't know how that's gonna go but apparently so those those were you know a couple things that we've been sort of following through the week since this started will they won't they and you know we're getting our answers and some of them did some of them are i don't know what they're doing yeah but having to go with the flow, if you will. So um, we've been watching some stuff. We watched yeah. some stuff. So we managed to binge like two shows in a three-day period last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got into, uh, well, there was that. And then today we finished off a binge that we started yesterday. And uh, so three shows that we watched were Afterlife mm-hmm. and um, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Netflix, Netflix, and another Netflix, Dead to Me, which mm-hmm. we, well, Hollywood was the, the first season or only, I don't know what they're doing with that. But we did review both of the others as well, the first seasons of Dead to Me and Afterlife, mm-hmm. uh, which we really enjoyed. Yes. So um, which one do you want to start with? Should we go in order, I guess, of what we watched? Yeah. I guess so. We, we watched Afterlife first. Mm-hmm. We wanted to give it a little bit of time. So that other people would have time to watch it with the exception of Dead to Me. We jumped right into that. <laughs> We're going to yeah. talk about it now. So if you haven't seen it, um, we'll do that one last. We'll give you a warning. Um, and so so Afterlife, if, if you don't know, is starring Ricky Gervais. It's a show that, that he's a creator for. And I mean, I don't I don't know that he's ever involved in something that isn't that he's a creator for that isn't like just stellar. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has this genius bland, bland. He has this genius blend of um, poignant emotional filmmaking and fart jokes. <laughs> you know, it's just like so crazy how you know you can have one scene where he's breaking down because he's so lonely and crying, and then the next time he's making you know pedophile jokes or whatever. Or, you know, pedo. Yeah. He's so pedo um, jokes. yeah, I mean, the guys. I mean, he makes amazing stuff. You know. I find him funny. Some people are not his cup. They're not their cup. He's not their cup of tea. But I find him to be funny. So this show kind of re- really all of his shit and Derek and and all those other shows they just kind of really like are solid for me. I think that it's justifiable to judge a person on whether they find Ricky Gervais funny or not. Mm. If somebody says to me, "I just don't like that guy at all. I don't find him funny," I'm like, "I don't need you in my life." Obviously, <laughs> yeah. If there's anything that has ever been more clear to me is that you and I are not meant to know one another. Sure. If you're offended by his jokes, or you know, I can't. I just can't deal with you because I will be the first to admit that he he flew under the radar for me for a long time. Ricky Gervais was just like that funny British guy, and I enjoyed his kind of stand-up stuff. Mm-hmm. But the shows that he was in, I you know, films, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't 
get it. And I just never got in. I just yeah. never, I can't even say that I tried and get into it. I just never actually got into it to yeah. even. And the my first like real experience with him was with Idiot Abroad. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it was like, this is okay. This is really comical. And then I got into Derek and that's when I was like, there's a whole other side, you know, his type of of actor and with his with his personality. I don't think that people that have seen a lot of his stuff would assume that he has range. It's uh-huh. just kind of like, oh, he does sarcastic, dry, you know, kind of uh, fun poking humor. Yeah. You know, he's the guy he, that hosts he's the, the awards and he's makes a roaster, jokes or, you yeah. know. Yeah. He's 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 going to just tear somebody apart and, and that's it. But um, he did a really amazing job in Derek. And yeah, that's when I first saw him and I was like, oh, homeboy can act. This is like, this isn't even like, oh, he's done a good job or he has a side that he didn't see. That's a, that is a character that would be difficult for an incredibly seasoned actor to pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, it's also, it was a very physical role for him because, um, you know, the, the character is developmentally disabled and has like this physical stance that I would imagine gets really tiring after a while to like keep your body that way. And then, um, had like a movement to his mouth that was very specific to the character and it was just endearing. And it was like, that kind of stuff gets, it's difficult to do, Mm -hmm. you know, to actually have to like bring your jaw out and set it in a position that it normally wouldn't sit in for hours and then weeks weeks on end, you know, to do that. 20 hours a day. Yeah, you know, those Brits, they shoot (laughs) their shows like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. So I just, I don't know. I I really, I I really, I developed a a real incredible respect for him. And then, you know, then we, then he started like, I started watching him on the awards shows every so often. I'd be like, oh my God, he's just like, I can't with him. He's (laughs) like, why isn't he on every, he made what was most intolerable about those shows tolerable. So um, then last year, I believe Afterlife Mm -hmm. came out. Is it Afterlife or Life After? Shit. (laughs) But it was, yeah, it, it kind of came out of nowhere almost right i mean I, I didn't i hadn't heard anything about it well i think we were a little um we were a little afterlife we were a little late to the game with derek mm-hmm. so we we didn't have as big of a break i guess time wise uh, between between those seasons like we kind of were able to watch everything at once and um and then afterlife came out and i was like all right i have to see this and it didn't it it didn't fail to impress i didn't think it would yeah but the first season i found to be a bit more um comical Mm -hmm. and then this season in quite literally every single episode that man made me cry at some point first of all when funny people are emotional nobody does that better than them watching someone like robin williams jim carrey these really over-the-top character type actors when they're emotional it's fucking devastating because you're so used to them being the big dumb dancing clown in the room that when you see that side you're like no 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 let's not do that that's making me uncomfortable and so watching him just get really emotional Mm -hmm. it was just like every single every single episode there was a point where i was like are you kidding me again (laughs) (laughs) can you please stop i'm going to need a break but this the next season is the last one Mm -hmm. As per usual, that's how they do over there. Genius over the pond. That's just the, the way pond. to do it. I don't have time to get sick of these characters. Not that I am yet, mm. but I don't have time to get sick of them. And I think another season just about does it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if it's not, it's not a story that has like some dramatic uh, developmental. Yeah. There's not you like know, some huge. It's not a crime curve, show. Yeah. yeah, that you can you that you can especially shows like um, a show like The Killing, for instance. Um, you know, that just, they just stopped it. And then I don't know what the hell happened there, but mm-hmm. when it comes to like crime shows and cop shows, you can go for a lot longer because they're getting new cases and yeah. okay, well we bring it back again. Yeah. But it's you a have story the about characters. one person going through something. And yeah. So it can't like, go through this thing for like five seasons. Yeah. yeah six it, it, seasons. It's just too much. So I, I, uh, I'm so happy that, that he knows that, you know, he just does, he just does it right. This is the story and we're going to go. And, um, and then the next one is the, the the last one, and I think it'll be just as great as the other two. It was great. A freaking plus. There's mm-hmm. not enough pluses. It's just beautifully A done. Plus. 
plus. So next up. Yeah. Well, no. First of all, I agree with that assessment. <laughs> if I could have a, if I could chime in here, if you don't mind. I'm yeah. Cut I mean, you off so bad. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Good. I don't know. I mean, I kind of said it already. I mean, it's just it's just so good, and you know, it's yeah, it's easy for him to fly under the radar because he does the the award shows and makes fun of people and you know all that stuff, and he has the personality, but. You know, he has something to say and he obviously takes acting very seriously because he's quite good at it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate that, you know, somebody can kind of be able to kind of live in both worlds like that. Yeah. That's it. Now I'm done now. For shiz. Yeah. Are you done now? I'm done now. Okay. I'm so happy for you. So um, this the second show that that we watched was it was getting some buzz or I, I had seen the trailer for it and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing this. Um, and I was hoping that, you know, you, you would want to see it as well. Cause I was going to watch it without you, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause I saw like, I didn't see a trailer, but I saw like a couple posters and I saw some stuff online and I was like, I don't know about this show. Mm. I'm not really feeling it. And then I think I saw the trailer or something. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah. So this was uh, a, a Ryan Murphy creation. Mm -hmm. Someone else too, though. I feel like there was somebody else in there. Yeah, probably a lot of people. Um, I, I have a, uh, I don't know. Ryan, Ryan Murphy is a weird one for me because I, I associate him with American Horror Story. And boy, does that is that is that going well? well it is. <laughs> I know. I mean, what are we on this the seventeenth season at this know. point? You know, I don't understand it. Not for the life of me. I don't understand how that mm -hmm. show is still going. But um, he he tends to like period type yeah. scenes and 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 and, and uh, sub subjects and stuff. And so he he was involved in Feud, which was a TV show that did. Yeah, I remember that one. I really enjoyed that. I, it, you know, you can't go wrong with freaking Jessica Lange, honestly. So uh, that 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 helped. But I, I wouldn't say that I go out of my way to watch Ryan Murphy's stuff. Um and uh, so, I don't know. I, I what I liked about this was that there was nobody in in the, in the show that was like uh, uber famous in terms of the the leads. Yeah, like um, Dylan aside McDermott. from Dylan McDermott and and Patty Lapone. Yeah, I knew some other people, but it wasn't like you know usually you know for instance like American Horror Story where he uses like the same people over and over and yeah. over again and. Uh, which I am sometimes a fan of, but man, he takes it too far. It's yeah. like you get other people, <laughs> just please. <laughs> so um, I really enjoyed this because I thought this is a this is a large budget. Mm -hmm. This is a very large budget. You got a lot of set sets and staging Period and stuff to do. Are These are yeah. very expensive to do, and I thought it was really cool that they had lesser known actors. Yeah, I feel like there's. There's a there's a level of attention that you can give that type of actor because they don't have anything to compare it to. You know, even a great actor, if it if you had, you know, Ryan Gosling in there, I'm going to think of the things that Ryan Gosling has does, done for some reason. My favorite actor is Leonardo DiCaprio, mm -hmm. you know, but I always think of Leonardo as his other roles sometimes. You know, it's hard to sort of not see those other characters yeah. because they have like when Leonardo DiCaprio laughs. That's his laugh yeah. because he does it in every single, you know, every time he has a laugh in a film and a little gestures that he, those are, that's their personal gesture, the mm -hmm. way that they, they talk or certain uh, mannerisms, you see it in, in, in almost every actor. So a show like this, it, I think it's, you know, people would see it as maybe a risk because you're like, well, who the hell have you got aside from Dylan McDermott, Patty Lapone? but it really works. Mm -hmm. So also you have uh, Holland Taylor, who's been acting forever, and Jim Parsons, mm -hmm. uh, I meant to mention. So um, Jim Parsons, as you've never seen him before. Well, I was going to say that about Dylan McDermott. Yeah, that's true. Too. You know, it was not a, I don't know, like when I think of Dylan McDermott, I always think of like just really safe, like, oh, Dylan McDermott's in this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, they, I don't know that I've ever seen him in anything that he's like blown me away in or, yeah. or that that he really got a very i think of like um you know tv wasn't he in like some show for a gajillion years i don't know the practice yeah, or something like, like that something, i think he was yeah. in something like that for like a hundred years that's what i think of i think of like tv stuff i think he was also in american horror story Probably. um that that's kind of what 
I think of. And then so then that made me kind of go back. He's in a movie called The Clove Hitch Killer, which mm. is on my Hulu list, I believe. I kind of have to see this now mm. because I didn't see the side of him. This really like cartoony, animated yeah. kind of way of being. Um, Without it, being over the too over the top that you're just being silly, like well, grounding the character, but still I think playing. It a, was intentional because yeah, they yeah. were jumping on that Hollywood, yeah. you know, the way people were back then. And they had this really exaggerated. I'm going to be a star. Yeah, this really exaggerated way of talking. And so he did have that element of it, of course, but it wasn't obnoxious at all, yeah. um, which just goes to show it's like it's the rules. You know, you you never really know how good somebody is. But, you know, if they're offered people got to eat you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so if it's like well it's this role that i've played a hundred times or zero roles then i'm gonna play this role again and that's so that's gotta be just so frustrating that you never really get to have any variety you don't get to jump out of that box at all because you just keep getting pigeonholed anyway um so here's the basis of the show if you don't know it's basically 40s hollywood which is when film and everything in hollywood really like just you know Mm -hmm. jumped out and and became a thing and it's a fantastical take on Hollywood. Yeah. And um, it's supposed to be basically a world where had boundaries been pushed. Yeah. Revisionist history. Where, yeah, yeah. Revisionist history where we would have been able to go. What uh, what, you know, walls could have been knocked down had X, Y and Z taken place. As we know, that is not how it went. <laughs> but um, that that's what it is. And so I... Look, I thought the show was great. I thought the writing was really good. The performances were great. Jim Parsons, like, <laughs> I don't know that I can look at him. This, you know, this is the thing that everybody's saying, like, oh, you're, you're seeing him in a way that you've never seen him before. It's weird watching reruns of Big Bang now. And I'm like, oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because, again, how long did he play this safe, nerdy character? Yeah. He's an actor. Yeah. He has the ability to do other things. But. This is what everybody thinks of when you do a show that long, you are that character for the mm-hmm. rest of your life. So it was very interesting to see like this bald patch going on and this just overtly sexual potty mouthed yeah. Parsons, potty yeah. mouthed Parsons, potty mouthed Parsons. <laughs> from now on. It was really cool to see Patty Lapone did a great job. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a stage actor, so she, you know, this is like being, you know, in, in these really exaggerated type yeah, roles yeah. is like right up her alley. Um, and like I said, Dylan McDermott did really well. Everybody did really well. Um, but if I had to say that there was a negative to it, it's not at all in in the show itself. And this is where you can go like, I can find flaw in something and still think it's great. Mm-hmm. Right. I could say, well, here's. Yeah, we did that last week, right? When, or the week Only last week. <laughs> Or we had a, a film that we loved, but we just kept oh, naming all yeah. these negative things about it. I don't it. remember what that was yeah. now. Um, so here's the thing. The show seems to focus for me on like five specific systemic prejudices. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we've got misogyny, homosexuality, and ethnicity. Mm-hmm. But where it goes into the five for me is the ethnicity. So it, it focuses on these, on actually three systemic prejudices. And then in one of those, they decided to go with, like, if you're, if you're, you know, going into the detail of it, it's, they dealt with uh, racism against blacks, Jews, Asians, homosexuality, misogyny. So those were the five there. Right. And what I found interesting was that specifically during that time in the 40s. And and here's where it gets tricky, right? Because when you go, all right, well, the point is to bring awareness to the fact that minorities and whoever was a minority at that time, whether it be because of your race or your orientation, that they were underrepresented and Mm -hmm. all of this. But there's so many minorities. There's so many ethnicities. So it's so interesting that they just kind of went for these three, especially when during that time in Hollywood and continuing um, there were, there didn't seem to be a lot of Hispanic representation. Mm-hmm. And I mention that because when you think a lot of those forties, fifties films, you had like heavy hitters. Desi Arnaz yeah. was part of one of the most, I mean, lucrative shows in history. It's yeah. still on. Yeah. <laughs> the show's still on. How many years later? Yeah. I mean, 60 70 years later, the show is still on. I don't know. It's been it's been on forever, Um, you know, and you have um, a time where you actually had people like uh, Marlon Brando, Natalie Wood, 
playing Hispanics. Natalie Wood was in West Side Story playing yeah. a Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. Um, Marlon Brando, which, you know, was referred to as when they brown-faced people back then. And yeah. so they, they had anybody, if you were, like, Italian that was as Hispanic as they were willing to let somebody, yeah. like, biologically be, we'll, we'll let you play the Hispanic. We won't actually get a Hispanic. We don't want yeah. to do that. So it was a time where um, Hispanics were considered, like, sensual that was basically all you were going to get if you were going to be on screen as a hispanic then you had to have some sort of sexual kind of pull and so much you know, has changed <laughs> so much has changed but we're looking at lupe velez martin sheen who was born ramon estevez by yeah. the way uh carmen miranda anthony quinn rita moreno uh desi arnez, desi arnez and then during that time all i could think of was Rita Hayworth. Mm. I mean, Rita Hayworth, it, it's not like, you know, some people be like, well, I don't know, I don't know who Lupe Velez was. Okay. But Rita Hayworth is like one of the top starlets in Hollywood. Homegirl was Hispanic. Yeah. They whitewashed her. They pulled her hairline up. They did her nose and mm -hmm. they dyed her hair red so that she would look white. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what they did back then. So um, I just thought it was kind of interesting that it's like, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you could be like, well, what about Armenians? And, yeah. you know, every other, like, you know, like you could just pick. It's like, okay, well, Middle Asians, and, well, there's yeah. Asians. Well, there's different, there's different races in Asia. You know, what yeah. about Indians? What about, you know, like, why, why are we only picking these specific people? So not, you know, not to get like ridiculous with it, but I just thought it was kind of interesting that it was a film about inclusion yet didn't seem to take advantage of like even saying, well, let's give this, let's make sure that we have like Hispanic actors, um, Middle Eastern actors in other parts, yeah. just somewhere around there. But I just kind of couldn't help but notice that I'm like, well, there's like no Hispanic rec re representation at all in this film. And another thing that I, that, you know, I, I always kind of um, am, have brought to my own attention after having guests on that have brought uh, brought the topic up was that there wasn't any inclusion for handicapped yeah. characters. And the reason why I say this is because in the 30s, and I do not know the year, but I know it was in the 30s, that movie Freaks came out. That film still holds the record for having the most disabled characters ever hired on set. And it's mm. because it was a movie that was called Freaks. Yeah. You know, so again... <laughs> yeah. not not the best yeah. example but also wizard of oz mm -hmm. you know this having you know going to munchkin land however insulting as that may be this was kind of the first time it was not very often that you saw you know dwarves or anybody yeah. being used in films unless they were being made fun of which they did yeah. but it wasn't even that often you didn't even have that option so i just felt like damn would it have killed you to have like one character in a wheelchair yeah. or someone missing an eye. I don't know. You know, just like shit happens. And I can understand them maybe saying like, oh, well, they wouldn't have, you know, that person wouldn't have been a, a leading actor. Like, OK, but they could have been a secretary. I mean, just if it's about inclusion, then maybe do that. Yeah. Is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Loved the show. I thought it was really well done. I'm not going to say that it wasn't. It was entertaining, but I just couldn't help but notice that there was this sort of imbalance, disconnect and yeah. imbalance in in what the message was trying to portray and then the execution mm -hmm. of said message. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've said pretty much everything you could say about the political side of it, but I found it very fascinating to see how the machine worked back then. You know, with the with the mm -hmm. exclusion and stuff aside, because that shit still still is happening. Yeah, There's, we're still there. <laughs> you know, not much has changed at all there. But um, you know, from a from the side of how how it worked and you know how they would pick extras and you know I'm sure they did go out and just oh you 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 let's go yeah. that sort of thing and then like getting being on contract with a mm -hmm. um, which I mean some directors do that and in in some actors still will sign like a three picture deal or whatever yeah. but. This was more like a. Um, this it was, was like set up signing more like, your life away. It was set up more like a job where, like, you 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 uh, signed on contract for whatever twenty dollars a week or whatever the going rate was back then, <laughs> and then you an just kind of like hung out in the studio all day. And then if someone needed you for a picture, they pulled you in or whatever. And um, it was it, it was just fascinating to see that side of it. And yeah, I mean the 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 technical side of it all looked really nice, and the acting performances were good uh were great you know the lighting was really nice and um yeah i mean costumes were insane yeah costumes were were great i'm sure there's so a well bunch done. of cg work that we didn't even realize 
um, to make everything old. Shout and out to whatever. Paget Brewster, who I noticed in there as well. A yeah. lot of people probably don't know the name, but I every time I see her, I'm like, oh, it's Paget Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> she, by the way, probably the best uh, way to explain. She was the girl that Joey on Friends was originally going out with that Chandler then fell in love with. Yeah, that he had to stay in the box for. Yeah, that's Paget Brewster, and um, I she was in a documentary about I guess like what it's like to be a woman in Hollywood. Yeah. And so I've always kind of like really been interested because she did a lot of talking on that. Yeah. And, uh, so she had a lot to say. She had a lot to say. Mira Sorvino was also in it. Yep. Um, Playing a very ironic role. Yeah. Um, I think she did a really good job with yeah, it. I mean, uh, because you think of like Romy and Michelle and uh-huh. you're like, oh, that's not a stretch, but it was a different, I mean, she was playing an actual actor, you know, it's just mm-hmm. a, a, it was just a way that they, t- they get into the transatlantic thing a little bit. Yeah. Um, but there's just that just that that way that women were instructed to speak, mm-hmm. and you know it it was equally fascinating and obnoxious at the same time. Yeah, you know? and the, and how they would use you know real life people um, portrayed in this, but it, it is kind of like a revisionist piece. So um, it's interesting interesting to see what they do with the uh, those, yeah. Some those of people. the characters were not like you know mm-hmm. were were fictional, and then some of the characters were actual actors, but they yeah. just kind of went they took liberties yeah. with with how things actually had gone down. Yeah, but it's definitely worth, I think it's definitely worth a watch. Um, it was a lot of fun and it's, you know, it's good to, it's a, it's something that was good to watch in this time. Yeah. You know, like having something, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but like having something that isn't super like dark and, and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, just, I mean, there's some like not great things that happen, but like the message of it all is just something that is, yeah, nice it was, to see. It was a nice. It was a nice change. Um, I I really enjoyed it. Again, it and was... all the the actors. I haven't. You know, there was one from one of the actors from Spider Man was in it or whatever. But you know, there was Which like the girlfriend, right? Oh yes, the new yeah. Spider Man. I thought you were talking about. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? And uh, the Henry Cavill looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> who's... He uh, yeah. looks just like Henry Cavill, but you know he's but he, isn't. Yeah, he was really good, and and. Um, yeah, I mean, I like to see. I don't know. I mean, he said from what I read, he had set it up to just be the one, one and done, just a limited series. I hope but so. you know, if if it gains popularity, I'm sure they'll throw a boatload of cash at him to make another one. Who knows? Yeah, maybe but the it kind American of like, Horror Story. It will yeah. be watching it for the next twenty years. Well, that was the the article I read about it was saying that like you know it would be interesting to kind of visit other like. Wouldn't necessarily follow these specific characters, but you know, getting into other aspects of 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 the time. I mean, you, you made your point. Like, I think the I think it's it stands alone on its own really well. You know, it has something to say and it says it, and then and that's and that's and that's that. But can I just say, whatever. there's an actor in there that I really really enjoyed, um, and he played the he played the Derek the character of. The director, the character of yeah. Dick Samuels, um, and it, it, his name is Joe Mantello. Never heard of him before. Mm. I, I hadn't seen, maybe I'd seen him and stuff, and I didn't know. Um, was he but like the second in command guy? That one? He was, yeah, the yeah. the the sort of director there. Uh, the, uh, what the hell was he? He was a producer. He was like, yeah, he was. Like he was the, one of the producers. Yeah, one of the. T- it was like the second in command. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was he became Patty Lapone's kind of right hand man there, and mm-hmm. um, so. Uh, by the way, he has the same birthday as me. So no, no. <laughs> sad for him. <laughs> um, he did really, really well. Yeah, I really enjoyed his character. I don't. I. I don't know. And again, it, it doesn't need to be. I mean, how do you discover actors that you like and you don't always know them at first? Yeah. You know. And and so I now want to see him in other stuff. I just yeah. thought that that he played the well the the well the role so well. And and I really I really liked him. And I mean, I don't want to shit on a second season if it has different people. But I'm kind of like, well, I'm not really done with these people. I guess if you're going to yeah. do something else, I mean, that's else. just what I read. And you know, it was online, so I'm sure it's all true. I think it should end yeah. personally. I think I think if my my it. my only critique would it be, and it's a it's a minor one because I I understand they're trying to tell the bigger story about mm-hmm. the whole machine that that is the Hollywood machine. But I would have liked to have seen more about the artistry of it. You know, you have the 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 main actor ish you know i mean it's kind of an ensemble piece but you have like the one guy that's in it the most um and i would have liked to because he's just like i want to be a star you know whatever and i would have liked to have seen and the director as well and the writer and i would have liked to have seen like 
I mean, more so with the actor, uh, because he was just like, I want to be a star. And then he does a he does a, a an audition or a screen test and it's mm-hmm. horrible. And then he does another one and it's great. So, like, I would have liked to have seen him crafting that art Developing a little bit more. Them. Yeah. Like, I would have liked to have seen him just not all of a sudden. He's just good, you know, and it wasn't. It's like the director was kind of he came in established as someone who was probably good. He wrote something and it got mm-hmm. whatever. But I would have liked to have seen more of the art artist side of that, you know, and, and that these people like that this guy's trying really hard to be an actor instead of just standing in line to be an extra one day. Like he's taking acting classes or he's, you know, trying to or, he you know, he has some kind of gift that allows him to be an actor and so, you know, a good actor for some reason or whatever. I'd like to have just seen more more of the development of their craft. But I think also because he. He was playing Rock Hudson, who was obviously no, a real the other guy. Oh, I thought you were talking about Rock Hudson because no. he wasn't a great actor no, in he, the beginning. No, he wasn't. And he got better. But I'm talking about the main guy. Oh, yeah. OK. Um, yeah, he, that's not based on anyone. No. But, you know, he um, I mean, maybe loosely, but who knows? But, uh, you know, he was, you know, wasn't that great and he was struggling. He was trying. But like, I don't know. I never you never really saw him. It was always about just being a star. It was never about. And maybe that's what it is, but I, I would like to have seen because he did get better, you know, and and he had scenes and whatever, and I don't know. I just would have liked to see the the art of those, the artistry mm-hmm. being developed a little bit more. Why is this guy good now and he wasn't before? What happened? You I know, think that sort of thing. We would like to see that, but I don't know that the average. I know, but that's why it's my audience, critique of it. The, the average audience member, they don't, you know, non actors, non filmmakers, they don't really care about why, yeah. you know, the process of getting better. So I think. They were probably looking at it as a time thing. Like, do we want to waste almost an entire episode focusing on how he became a crafted actor? Or yeah. They're not going to care. I, I agree it would have been nice to see, but I don't think that's like something no, the average yeah. person cares about. And that's no. probably why but they that's didn't. that's my specific. Yeah, it's not, that's not something that ruined the show for me or made it any less enjoyable. But uh, I, I definitely would. It would have made it better. I mean, it was it was to me for me specifically. It was uh, it was quite a thing to see. You know, again, how little things have changed where you didn't really you don't have to be good to get a shot. Yeah. Now, some of the things that they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to have to ask yourself, what are you willing to do to get to get that uh, Mm -hmm. that audition? But yeah, it's, it's you know, you see it and you're like, geez, that you start to think. What did all these people do back then to get into to these yeah, parts? What, what are they still doing now? What are they still doing now? Yeah, you know, but I, I think mean, Harvey especially Weinstein is back a perfect then, example of that. How rampant it all still is, you know? Yeah, but Harvey Weinstein would have never been caught back then, ever. Right. right. Even if he'd been called out, right? It didn't it matter. Have mattered, it yeah. wouldn't have mattered. It, mattered it would less. not have mattered because it was almost as, expected. As uh, as a uh, powerful as Hollywood is now. Back then, it was even more so. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the studios quite literally owned these actors. Didn't matter. Yeah. Like, you signed a contract, you're going to do the film. I think that was like, you know, if you if you watch documentaries and stuff on Marilyn Monroe, for instance, who, you know, there would be times that people said she was just like off her fucking head and you're trying to get through a scene and you can't because she didn't remember the lines and, she, you know, and you have all of that. And, um, you know, it, it's it was just... It, it's a different it's like it's like the same monster in 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 the in a different that's uh, the same monster in a different scenario yeah mm-hmm. you know in, in that you have people actors now especially actresses who aren't wearing their faces that they were born with mm-hmm. and if they saw the right person you wouldn't know it unless you had a comparison picture there have been actresses that i'm like holy shit you know i look at another picture i'm like oh this uh, and and people that aesthetically you're like oh that person's just so beautiful and then you're like yeah but they weren't really born with that face it's more yeah. of like a lot of people can be way more attractive than they are if they had the right plastic surgeon mm-hmm. and that's your business but it's just kind of interesting how that hasn't changed because that was the case back then too yep um what is really crazy though is that it seems to have gotten worse in terms of skill so i think of what you had to work with in the 40s and 50s with plastic surgery, you yeah. think that by now we would be able to, yeah. like, not have people look like they're surprised 24-7 and yeah. their lips are going to explode. Well, that's, you know, your face Back isn't then, meant to be messed with. Tell, it's, I think it's. I think that the human the human mind or, you know, I mean, this is more like psychology stuff, but I think that you're so used to looking at a person, you look at people all day, every day. So you can tell when there's just something that's not right. So I think, well, sometimes you can't though. There, Sometimes I'm, you can't. Right. I'm, but I'm not going like to call it, out the actresses, but there are some actresses that I didn't know 
had work done. Yeah. Because they're and because they do it so young. You're like, well, obviously they didn't they're have work done. They're young and they do it subtly. They're 25. You know? Like, you know, why would they have work done? And then you look at a picture of them right before they got famous and you're like, oh, oh, they definitely had work done. Back then, though, um, and those are the cases where it's done right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it happens many times. But then you have cases where you're like, what have they done? It's obvious that there was a facelift. There was injections. There was Botox. Their face is completely different. They can't move their eyes. They look you know, surprised all the time and there's no movement to the mouth. And I think of where we like the strides that we've made medically, how are we fucking up this bad? Because if you look back at the starlets in the forties and fifties, I was just flawless surgery, (laughs) you know, Marilyn Monroe, that wasn't her, her bone structure and face. She had a nose job. She had her hairline pulled up. This is a thing that segue. Uh This is a thing that um, I, I didn't know was, as much of a practice as it was, apparently they had a real issue with hairlines back then. Oh, yeah. If you look at a lot of women and Hollywood starlets, they had this very high forehead. I think Marlene Dietrich was no like she had you could park a car on that thing. <laughs> and they you know, she like had the penciled eyes, that really thin, like exaggerated mm. penciled eyebrow. And her hairline was very high. That was not her hairline. They pulled her hairline because yeah. that was like a look. Yeah. I don't know why that was a thing, but they did that. Same thing with Rita Hayworth. She had like a widow's peak. Marilyn Monroe had a widow's peak. If you look at all the pictures of them before they got into film, you could see their hairline clearly changed. And I guess the way they did it back then was like shoving like a metal rod or something into each follicle and zap. It was was like electrolysis, but way more painful. And you would do that for like months on end until you killed all of those follicles and then they would reshape your hairline because apparently it, you know, well, it was the perfection of it and that that was the look. Um, But, you know, any, any facial structure that looked ethnic, they didn't want. Mm -hmm. So they would, you know, sculpt you to look more anglo i don't know it was just i mean i will say they did a great job though i mean i always i always thought rita hayworth was gorgeous she looks nothing like she did when she was born yeah you know and she was she was a very attractive woman but she just looked totally different it's just a completely different face you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, i mean it's, it's a self-perpetuating machine at this point because you know there's a line in the show where it's like you got to fix those teeth those aren't movie oh star God, teeth those teeth were terrible but it's like they're only they're not they're only not movie star teeth because you decided it was. Right. So now you're going to do that and then continue to do, you know, whereas, I don't know. He had neon chiclets in his mouth. Yeah. And you could see the difference. Like he couldn't really talk the same. Yeah. Once they had capped his teeth and uh, the Rock Hudson character. Yeah. Um, they were so white. And and people are doing that. That's like a thing now. You yeah. know, people, they, they get these veneers that are so damn white. Like, look, I would love to whiten my teeth. But mm-hmm. not to the point where you I You're can like direct Ross. traffic yeah. at, at night. <laughs> you know I, mean? yeah. I don't want to be able to smile and like light up a road. That is just <laughs> terrifying. But so you always light up the room when oh, you smile. Thank you. <laughs> um somewhere down the line we were like, no, no, this is this is a look. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go for this. So I guess, yeah. you know, and to, to wrap it all up, I, I thought the show was very, very good. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, you know, I kind of I noticed the inconsistencies in the inclusion. I was like, you know, I think yeah. it's just kind of ironic. It's just a little ironic that you could have had more variables in that and and really drove that home. Yeah, um, it's tough, you know, because there are so many, so many races and ethnicities and, yeah. and, and preference, you know, things that are that are excluded and try to include them all well that's what Um, i'm saying it's a slippery slope because you could say well if you're going to include different ethnicities well who makes the cut yeah right there's so many but i just think at that time um that it's not like there was like this huge push for indian actors Mm -hmm. asian indian or you know uh like you had when when you're talking about the starlets and, and stuff like that, I just feel like there was that we we had a, a real obsession with like Latin flair to everything. They loved that in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. There was like so many themes to parties and all that stuff. They loved it. And so I just thought it was kind of ironic that it was like you didn't really have any Hispanic representation in a time where that was really influencing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and and then, you know, disability wise and actually learned that there was an actor in Hollywood that had lost both of his hands. Remember his name. Mm. He had lost both of his hands and I guess played, I guess like a, a war vet 
in a film and I think might have been nominated for something and like literally didn't have hands. He had hooks because back then they didn't have prosthetics, you know, they just had the hooks. And um, yeah, Hmm. I've never, you know, I'd never seen that. Yeah. But I started reading up on, you know, different actors and actors with disabilities and stuff like that. And he was one of them. Another actress, actress that was friends with Lucille Ball was in an accident, I believe, got shot in a hunting accident or something and then was paralyzed by the waist down and continued to act in a wheelchair but she died young because of depression like people did back then mm. it was always tragic so not yeah. a happy ending for her but just that you know these things that you i never saw that yeah you, they didn't really bring that out you know so any hoosers i did enjoy it i thought it was i thought it was really well done yep and uh, i don't know if we're gonna do second season i guess we'll see we'll see um all right moving along moving along it's a long one what the hell else is Dead there to, to me. do? Dead to me. <laughs> Dead to me. Okay, so um, season two of Dead to Me. We really enjoyed the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Liz Feldman was, her name popped up the most. Yep. <laughs> so, but it was an ensemble, if you will, of directors and writers. Um, and so spoilers, if you haven't watched the show, we're leaving this to the end because it did just drop this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just... Head on out yep, at this see you point. Next week. Um, okay. Have see you left you the room? Tuesday. Good. All right. So for those of you that have seen it, the reason why I wanted to say that is because there's no way for me to j- mention James Marsden without ruining yeah. <laughs> the whole show. Because you're like, wait a minute, James Marsden's dead. So yeah. why are you still talking about him in season two? Um, and so, you know, the little, little surprise that comes there. Well, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, who's just so adorable. I don't know how you could not like Linda Cardellini. She's yeah. just the most adorable little thing ever. And um, it's 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 a it's an episode of radar flying, if you will. Mm-hmm. I never imagined James Marsden doing a magic Mike body role, but he did, mm-hmm. and it was the most glorious thing that I'd seen probably <laughs> all year. <laughs> just, I I was not something I ever knew that I needed. Until I got it. Yeah. And I was like, that is wonderful. Yeah, this was a great episode for a great season. Uh, yeah, season for him from a comedic standpoint. Like the first the first season he played. Douche. Yeah, he played it. He's very like he's very underrated because in the first season he played an asshole and I bought it. Mm-hmm. Hook, line and sinker. This season he plays a nice, almost dumb guy and I bought it. Hook, line. So it's just like <laughs> it's just a matter of like. It's just the all the little um, subtleties that he brings in in the performance. You know, you don't think of him as some like huge actor that's going to give some award winning crying scene as he talks about his mom dying or something. But from the get go, like I'm in with this character, and I he's just just a chameleon in that way. Like he just kind of just gets into those roles, and you know, there's not one second that I didn't think that this James Marsden was. A nice guy mm-hmm. and this this vice versa for the first season he yeah. just just the way he would sit and breathe and talk would be this Even guy's an when asshole he tried to play it nice yeah. you were like no that guy's a dick and it's like oh you know and and so and just some of the the the, the comedic moments that he has great comedic timing um subtle though yeah it's this subtle way like just the the slightest expression or just the way that he delivers a line that's yeah. just hilarious yeah yeah um and so yeah, for me, it was like it was I'm glad that he's was still in it, you know, because I would have missed out on a lot of good stuff. He but was kind overall, of my favorite thing. About I mean, I love the, the chemistry between uh, the, you know, Cardellini uh, and Applegate. Yeah, those two are it's just great. You know, I feel like they probably get along really well in real life because mm-hmm. that really and if they don't, that's even more. A <laughs> it's testament even more to, impressive. But they they their chemistry is really, really good. Um I believe, you know, I believe every moment they're both very strong. You know, they both can cry at the drop of a hat. You know, I believe when, you know, they're, they're, they're really sad moments. There's a lot of them, obviously, because of the subject matter. And they're, I just, I, I buy it, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was just another great season. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I had that, the addition of James Marsden as his, his character, I think just, made the season a little bit better than the first one because mm. it kind of ratcheted it up a bit as season two ratcheted it ratcheted <laughs> it up a bit as season twos usually do um so yeah i'm i'm definitely looking forward to the next season i love so, his character his character really was probably my my favorite thing about this season it was mm-hmm. great but he just really it it just goes to show that you don't have to be a main character you don't have to be in every scene all the time to actually be able to carry 
a show mm-hmm. or an episode, if you will, what, what have you, I mean, whatever it is, um, this is the, the beauty of being um, a supporting actor, you know, yeah. to, to a lot of people that aren't in the business, they, you think of the, the lead role, like, well, nothing gets better than the lead role. Whereas for a lot of actors, including myself, it's actually the supporting roles that you're the most interested in for some reason. I've spoken to other actors who have felt the same way. Um, you know, and I, I appreciate my lead roles because I give them to myself mm-hmm. and I give them to myself because I don't pay me. And so it makes most sense for me to be available the mo- most of yeah. the time. But I would love to be able to give the lead to someone else and actually play a supporting role because I think that's where you really start to learn stuff because you're having to bounce off of this other person yeah. way more. When you're the lead, there's no one else for you to bounce. I mean, look, realistically, your your scene partner is, is your savior, yeah. regardless of who they're playing or what. But, you know, it's like the lead's the lead and that's it. Uh, but in so many of my favorite films... It's the supporting characters that are my favorites that Mm kind of steal the show for me. And it isn't to say that the leads don't do well, but there's just something about those. Like, I don't know what happens if it's like, like supporting actors are like, I didn't get the lead. I'm going to make you wish I was. I think (laughs) think that, you know, there's, there's less pressure, perhaps, you know, and so you're, you're probably more free to, you know, both from a, uh, an artistic standpoint and from like a, uh, 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 you know, like a time or whatever standpoint, because you're, you know, you, you get a little more time to play. It's not a, you know, it's not scrutinized, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, in reality, everybody you're as a lead actor, your, your scene partner, no matter how big a role they have in that film is, is really important. If you can be the best actor in the world, but if your scene partner is terrible, it's just, as, there's just so good that that part's going to be, Yeah, you can probably do more because you have more experience and you're stronger at it. Yeah. But you're you're going to hit a wall. You need your scene partners. But he just did uh he just did a really good job. He did a really good job and um I don't know why I can't like think of stuff that James Marsden's been in. Well, he was in Westworld, like I said he was he was also in both Sonic the Hedgehog movie, yes. and he was also in, I think, the Chipmunk movie, or so he was. In, no, there was I'm thinking of. Well, there, he, there was another. I mean, I know there was like this meme about him driving in a car with a with a uh, an animated character. X Men. Yeah, he was. He was Cyclops. Yeah, Sonic wasn't he in the character with Sonic? He wasn't Sonic. Yeah, he was. In, he's in the Sonic Hedgehog movie. I don't know um, what I'm thinking of him in. Like I, it's James Marsden, and it's not like oh, I know that guy's face. I know his name. It's James Marsden, yeah. but I don't know why. For some reason, I can't. I think the only thing that I think of him in that I remember him is um, the Notebook. Mm. He played her, yeah, the guy that that she settles for or whatever. Yeah, um, I, that's like I can't. I don't know. Yeah, he's been he's been doing it a while. He's doing the damn thing. Um, Straw Dogs. That was a film that he was a lead in, wasn't he? A lead in Straw Dogs. I don't, I don't know. know that I saw that. Actually, um, I don't think I know. I didn't see it. But yeah, he's definitely in. It was uh, a horror movie, I think. Under the radar kind of guy. He's been working forever. You know, he's constantly working, um, which is good to see because he's he's good, he's strong, always solid. Yeah, but I just don't know why he has like one of those faces that's like, oh, there's James Marsden, but it's I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. I have to watch Straw Dogs now. Now I have to because yeah. I, I I'm pretty sure I, I remembered him in the on the cover. It's like of a broken eyeglass or something like that. It's like a thriller or a horror or something mm. like that. And I did not see it, um, so I kind of have to check that out. Um, he was in a movie with Gary Oldman, mm. and I know I saw that movie and I don't remember the name of it. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check out Dylan McDermott as the, as a serial killer. Yeah, because now I'm like intrigued. I'm intrigued. What's going on? I want to <laughs> I want to see what you got. And um, yeah, so so bottom line, all three shows were amazeballs. Mm-hmm. I can't say when the golden single, age of television that a single one of them was disappointing. They were all it just so happened to be yeah. that the three shows that we wanted to watch were just like nailed it. Yep, I will say there was I had two gripes with it. Oh, which with, with which one with dead to me. Oh, do tell. First of all, the green screen driving. Can we just stop already? Like, for Christ's sake. That was pretty rough. I like, will there, admit. I, I don't know if it was green screen. Some of it might have been rear projection. I know, I know there was definitely some of it that was green screen because I could see the green screen breaking down. And I, you know, having done that yeah. a ton of times, I've known the was issues. Was it the first episode, I think? No, even? the last episode. Was no, the, no, the was first the episode when it might have been like a projection. Yeah, there's, there's and I was like, weird what is happening? It was, I thought it might have been rear projection because it almost looked like the background was stuttering a bit in some weird way. It was like in slow motion. Yeah. It was on. Because on I feel like I feel like if it was side. rear projection, there wasn't the motion blur was all screwy. I, I don't know. 
It just it looked really weird. Yeah. Um, so that might have been the case there. I don't know. And it Technical just it just issue. never it just never well. yeah. But it for me it's a little distracting sometimes. It's because, a lot distracting because even if even it's if the, even if it's done well, if it's a good green screen, like I never buy that they're driving. Like there's just it just never looks right. It's the lighting. I, I it's not know. so much the compositing. It's usually the lighting. If you're driving a car out in the real world, it's so different than you, it's so hard to recreate that but in the what studio. What I don't understand is like, look, I, I but get, there were scenes where they were actually driving as well. But I get why I get why the driving scenes are done in a studio, right? Yeah. It's a pain in the ass to have to get the car up on the yeah, thing yeah. and you got to put on a flatbed and and it's annoying. And then if you're driving out where there's traffic, now you have to deal with all this crap. But when it's a scene of you driving in the back in a backwoods road, why wouldn't I mean, is it really that annoying to throw the car up onto a flatbed and drive down a desolate road so that that background looks better? Yeah. I don't know why they do that. (laughs) It's just I think it was the first episode on the passenger side where Linda Cardellini is sitting it was like this lag, like yeah, the, weird. the the background had a lag to it. And I mean, as soon as it went on, I was like, what the hell is that? It was really mm. distracting. Yeah. And they kept like cutting to her and I was like, stop. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm glad you said it. That, that, that bugged me. And, and look, no shade to the people that worked on it. Cause I'm sure they, you know, they did the best they could. Nobody wants to do a bad job at anything, but I just feel like it did it. It wasn't you know, whether it was time constraints or budgeting constraints or whatever, but it just didn't feel it was noticeable. Like, yeah, it was noticeable. It was noticeable. And the other thing was um, kind of the detective's turn at the end sort of turn. You didn't buy it? I don't know. I feel like it was starting to go that way, but I, there was just something about it. Be, I felt like it might have been a little too abrupt. I don't know. I can see that. You know, I, there was just something about it that I was like, because mm, she, she was she so was, gung-ho. Yeah, she was so aggressive. You know? So aggressive. Um, so that was kind of like, eh, well, um, but there's a lot of, there's still a lot of dangling threads for season three. So I'm interested to see where I felt, and it's a half hour show. So it's, you know, yeah, it's 10 sh- episodes. So it's not as actually as much content as mm-hmm. it would be for yeah. like a Hollywood or whatever. That's an hour long each episode. So there's, um, you know, there's, it, there's still a lot of story to tell. I think I would agree with that. I did kind of feel like the detective's arc was like, uh, I don't. I don't know that that would have happened that way. With yeah. A person that had such a big personality, and you know, she was just so aggressive in it. And then all of a sudden, it was like your girlfriend moved out, and you fell apart, and became somebody else. Like that seems so weird. I felt like maybe if they had had some type of, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with. They were saying the Greek mafia or something. If she started mm-hmm. to dig too deep and was getting warnings, her tires were slashed or something like that, where she starts now to be like, wait a minute. Maybe these people are in deep and that's why they're not talking. And yeah. maybe, you know what I mean? It just happened like all yeah. of a sudden. I felt like if there had been more at stake where maybe she was threatened a little bit, she may have, I could totally see her like going on to their side and being like, all right, tell me what the fuck's going on because now I'm getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting threats and, and stuff like that. Um, the, the cop though, that she had dated, that Cardellini had mm-hmm. dated, he had some, another actor that has like this yeah. really great, like su- just such a subtle comedic. Yeah sort of stance to the, the way he played the character yeah it's really he he's also very good um yeah because it's 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 more impressive to me you know you have the jim carrey funny right which is just big and loud and funny and, and that works but i feel like i always appreciate the more subtle brandon scott is his name subtle humors that like marsden brought or that actor brought mm-hmm. um of playing the scene out for laughs but in a, a more real and funny way mm-hmm. you know rather than just you know I mean, it's not the type of show anyway, but still, like, I don't know. I think there's, I think it's, there's a, there's an art form to both of them, but I appreciate this. It's, it's not easy to do. Yeah. It's not easy to do. That comedic timing is, I, I it's very much something you can learn. Mm-hmm. Some people just have it naturally and that's great. I mean, it's something that you can learn, but I don't consider myself a comedic actor. It's, it's probably what scares me the most. If you're like, look, I need you to have a breakdown and cry snot coming out your face. Got it. I'm done. No problem. But I would be way more afraid of having to carry a, a comedic lead it's it's not it's it's weird like when we did um oh god what's the hell's name of it life with linda Mm -hmm. i had several people comment on a line that i didn't even realize that i had done until you cut it together because it wasn't like i just it was 
it's when she says everybody knows that and i say yeah. get out of here nobody knows that so many people were like oh my god that was so funny i'm like what the hell was funny yeah. about that because <laughs> I, I don't i would have never thought that when i was doing it yeah. i've been like oh this is everyone's gonna find this part funny i didn't think that that part was particularly funny it wasn't intended to be you know it was mm-hmm. just like oh this casual reaction that she has to it and i had like six six or seven people mention it to me and i was like all right i guess it was funny because enough people are saying it but i still would have never known that at the time that's just something that like a good a really good actor would just they they know how to add those subtleties to it and i i'm not i'm not quite there yet (laughs) still learning yeah uh so um all right so shout outs well, what? watch it. Watch Dead to Me season two. It's funny. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Adoy. Watch it. Um, so shout outs to Reality Bomb Comic Cast, Diddy Geekin, uh, Not Up for Debate, Perry Horovis. Uh, I don't know. Everybody Mega else. Mega Brain Comics. Mega Brain Comics. We have a movie that we watched. We're st- we had a director reach out to us about their film. We watched the film and then we responded back. We haven't heard back. Yep. Um, so we're, we're hoping to hear back from her because... I, I would really like to talk about this film. Yep. So I'm going to wait. If we don't hear back from her, we'll just review it on our own and just tag her in it. Yep. But if we can get her into the conversation, yeah. that that would obviously. Yep. We've got a couple of people. There's uh, two other people. You keep that... saying that <laughs> every episode. Well, no, I'm, I'm, we got someone coming I'm actively in. talking to somebody now and I'm going to watch their film um, and have them on to talk about the it. The sci-fi one. Yeah. 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 So um, hopefully we'll we'll hear back and then we'll we'll have some guests. So I don't know. Next episode, episode 100, y'all. I know. I it, wish it, we could do something big, but it's tough. It's Yeah, we can't really... I don't know. It's a really weird time for everybody. And yeah. so um, let's just... It'll be what it is. Yeah. I don't know. We'll review something. We'll have a cake. <laughs> that you can't taste, smell, yeah. or see. <laughs> but we'll have one. I don't care about everybody else. We'll just else. eat cake during the we'll episode. We'll celebrate our own 100th episode. Just be chewing into the yeah. mic. Ugh. So when people have the... Uh, doing uh, like an ASMR episode. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Let's shove cake. All right. So thank you for joining us. If you have anything that you want us to watch, you just want to reach out and say, hey, please do that on our socials. Um, we almost always respond. I have to say somebody had sent us a message and there's like this little, like there's a section of int- Instagram where there's like your main messages and then this other message category that yeah. I had never noticed. And I happened to see it. And I was like, what the hell is this? And it was a message from like a month ago. And I wrote the person back and was like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I honestly wasn't ignoring you. I just didn't even see this message. Instagram, why? Yeah, what the hell? I hate shit like that. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.